All right. Welcome to the first episode of Goat Talk. I'm here with Saul Strasser. Awesome. So introduce yourself. Introduce yourself. All right. My name's Shish. You know, I'm a junior. Well, I guess a senior at Chapel Hill. What about you, Saul? I am also a junior here at Chapel Hill. Um, you're not giving yourself enough credit. You're the brains behind this whole operation. <laughs> so, I mean, that that's kind of a good segue into our first topic. What what were your th- like? What went through your head when I was like, Saul, let's do a podcast? So to give a little bit of background on the subject, I guess during COVID, as with a lot of people, I kind of became enamored with podcasts. I started listening to them more, like Joe Rogan and JJ Reddick has a little podcast. And I would always like joke around saying, oh, like we should do a podcast. And I think we've had conversations before about like yeah. jokingly doing a podcast. And then I got the text, what are you doing three to five on Tuesday? And he said, I got the podcast room booked. And I was, I was excited. I mean, I think... I think it'll be fun and worst case scenario, like it's just something we have to ourselves. Yeah, no, exactly. Like this, this kind of blows, then it's going to go in a vault, but no, I mean, I was super excited cause you know, it's my last second to last day of classes today. Um, and I've always heard about the podcast studio and I was like, one day I'm going to record something or do something. Cause you know, there's all this expensive equipment and, we have so we much pay for it. Yeah, no, we pay for it. So might as well use it. So I was like, you know, like if there's a, I've always been putting it off, but if there's ever time to do it, it's now. And, you know, obviously had to invite you to, for the first one. And the thing is like, obviously if this becomes a recurring thing, like this is our podcast, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we have guests on it. Sky's the limit. Exactly. But honestly, the day that I kind of like, figured out that you know what like we could actually do this was the day we went to mellow mushroom okay we had that 30 minute 30 what it felt like an hour but it was a 30 minute car ride with you me jared and aiden and it was just talking about sports on the way there being there talking about sports coming back and it's the same conversation every time and we always somehow find a way to make it like extend to like six hours seven hours with the talking and we won't see each other for maybe two days and the next time it will be all back to the same thing. But that's just what happens when you have a bunch of dudes, you know, just chilling. It's a bunch of dudes being guys. Dudes being dudes. But, yeah, I mean, so I'm excited to get started. I think it's time for our quote of the day. Do you have a guess what it is? Because, I mean, we've, we've said it a lot of times. If There is a quote that we have that... We say to each other. There's a couple, but our darkest times. (laughs) There's a. I feel like it's a fitting, fitting quote, and it is: God gives his toughest battles to his strongest warriors. Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly it. And I mean, there are a couple quotes that we have between us that we use a lot, but I think that's the most wholesome and appropriate for the air. But yeah, God gives his toughest battles to his strongest warriors, and obviously, it sounds really cliche to talk about, but and you hear it. When you hear it, when you really truly need to hear it, it does, it, it uplifts you. It does. No, it does. And it, it just, I mean, you know how our like generation is. It's not as obviously religious or spiritual as our parents or grandparents. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we're obviously an exception to that. Like both of us are pretty religious and that plays a big part of our life. But it's just, it's weird going to a school like UNC where there's not necessarily that much emphasis on it. Like, I feel like, in what, at least at Weddington, most people were l- religious to some extent, right? Or everyone's going to church or temple or wherever they're going. But here, it's like, I think it's more often that you find someone, 
I mean, I don't know anyone out of my friends other than you who goes to church kind of regularly. Well, I would even say not only do you not see people who practice their faith as regularly, but at least, I mean, in Weddington, even if there wa- was mm-hmm. people like this, I didn't really come across them or hear about them. But, like, here you have, like, open, like, atheists and, like, people who don't believe in any kind of religion yeah. or almost have very extreme views about certain things. And I think that's also, like, eye-opening in the sense where, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I came from, like, a pretty square, like, Christian, like, elementary and middle school. Then I went to mm-hmm. Weddington, who, yes, is a public school, but it's, like, it's, it was still pretty, like, open. It wasn't, yeah. like, I mean, you were, like, free to kind of do and say as you wish without a lot of, like, repercussions. We're here. It's all different kinds of, it's like a melting pot of different beliefs. Yeah, because I know you you went to Charlotte Catholic, right? I did, yeah. And or no, well, Holy Trinity is the middle school. St. Okay. Matt's is the elementary school. Charlotte Catholic is the high school, which is where I would have gone if I continued through the private school system. That makes so. sense. But yeah, I mean, I didn't even think about that. So you already had, was it, did you notice that type of stuff going from uh, Holy Trinity to Weddington High? Because I can't imagine that I would have been cognizant of that at like, the age 14 or 15. I, the biggest, like, difference I would say that I noticed, at least, like, at the beginning is the fact that, like, when you're, like, a Holy Trinity, we have to go to Mass once a week, and obviously, like, not going once a week at Weddington, like, during school is, like, yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if weird's the right word to say, but it was just, like, something that I had to, like, adjust to, mm-hmm. for better or for worse, and, and not to, my dad would kill me if you heard me say this, <laughs> but... Like, I will say, like, yes, like, Holy Trinity and St. Matt's are, like, are like Catholic schools, and, like, they do harp on certain Catholic values, mm-hmm. but at the time, like, unless, without, if you take away the uniform and the weekly masses and and the fact that you have a religion class, mm-hmm. it's not all that different. Than the it's the same school. thing? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, honestly, like, I've only had the public school, you know, experience, even up until now, right? But... One thing I kind of realize is, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying, is when you're like 14 or 15, I feel like it's kind of one of the, at least for me personally, it was one of those things that, you know, my parents are taking me to the temple today or they're telling me to, you know, pray today or stuff like that. And it's not like I'm actively, you know, questioning it, but I'm also not actively believing it, if that makes sense. And I think that once we get into this age where we start questioning things, which, I mean, that that kind of happens from, you know, as soon as we start getting, like, to our teenage years. But a lot of people at, like, our age, like, they start questioning it. And, and nowadays it's kind of one of those things that um, pretty much everyone has their own take on religion, I feel like. Like, I, I, it's hard to find someone who's, like, a strict Catholic or, like, a strict... You know, like, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm a strict Hindu as well. Like, I have my own take on certain things. and But coming to school and, you know, we all question it, right? Like, we all, obviously, like, God gave us a brain to question things. So it would be, you know, it'd be kind of a waste if we didn't have doubts about certain things. But, like, one thing that kind of brings me back to, you know, believing whatever I was, I was taught as a kid, or even just believing in God is the idea that like, I just can't fathom the idea that everything came from nothing. And we've had this conversation before. We have. Yeah. Um, I actually had a really interesting version of the conversation with my roommate, Jared, and another one, John, my freshman year, who's very like, this kid, John is like a, like quadruple major, like physics, math, like super Mm -hmm. smart kid, a little bit out there. And this was a conversation that took place at like 3 a.m., with 
you know, there's, it was, it had been a good night. Yeah. And so, and it was kind of like, if the world restarted today, what would the same things happen? And I kind of walked into this conversation late because it was mostly Jared and John, but John was talking about how like, like for like the big bang theory to happen, like all that, like there's like a very fine science mm -hmm. behind all of it. Like the way like certain atoms interacted and molecules interacted that for things to, for the earth and everything else to like turn out the way it did, that mm -hmm. there was a very specific order of events that have to happen. Yeah. Um, me personally, my take on this question is if the world was it restarted today? Is that what we're okay? Yeah. Um, I think things would not be the same because I'm a big believer in chance and free will. I think that for every, I mean, I guess this kind of goes in a little bit of like Newton's law or whatever. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, mm -hmm. and I kind of think that for every option or every action you did take, there's infinitely many that you didn't take, but that you also have as equal chance of taking. Yeah. So I think that. I mean, like, and I think there's, like, people don't even understand that there's little actions they take that end up having, like, big impacts on their mm -hmm. life or somebody else's life. And I think there's, like, little actions like that that if not done or not repeated or altered in any kind of way will have significant effects on, like, a rippling effect on yeah. the rest of the people around them. That's interesting. I mean... Honestly, like I thought you were gonna go to the, like the spiritual or faith route. Yeah, I was, with that. I was trying not to. Yeah. I was no, like, go ahead because like my like honestly, my answer is the complete opposite. So if you want to dive into that like spiritual, I mean, yeah, like I I will say I too have kind of struggled with the fact thinking that like that there is like an omnipotent being that yeah. created everything. Um, and like I've, I don't know, like I'll say like my dad is definitely my like spiritual advisor because mm -hmm. he is like. Like, I do admire him and the faith that he has. And so, like, if I ever have, like, doubts or questions. And he also makes it a habit of sitting me down and yeah. having to talk about our faith. Um, but I kind of also, like, I'll bounce things mm -hmm. off of him. And I don't know. It's just, if if God truly did, and like, create this world and yeah. everyone in it, and then he has, there is, a like, a master plan that he has. And therefore, if the world did restart it, it'd be according to his will. Exactly. And what he, like, his will would become like action. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's awesome that your dad has those talks with you though, because like, this is something that I, w I wanted to bring up as well, but I didn't know how I was going to work it in, but that's a perfect segue. You know, you're kind of, you know, you've first of all grown up, but you know, you're also like becoming a man when your dad becomes your hero, right? Like when we're young, our dads are always our heroes. Like that's, that's obvious. But like when you're a grown man and your dad is your hero, that's how you know that Either you had a fantastic dad, or you become a man, or both. I have to. I I, I definitely agree with you, but I want to say that I kind of had a different approach to this. I like. I love my dad, but when we were little, like he was like he was the strictest dude. Mm -hmm. I, like this man was harping on me for everything. Like yeah. Like I loved him, but at the same time, I was like, oh my gosh. Like I would, like I would always always ask my mom if I like wanted to, like something that like I knew he yeah. would say no to. Mm -hmm, like same. he was definitely the strict disciplinarian, which I now respect. Yeah. As a man, but it it was I can vividly remember the conversation. It was the morning before I left for college this year, actually. Yeah. Um, and I have a younger brother, Derek. For any fans listening to the podcast, he was a the freshman fans. in college this year. And so he took me out back on the back porch and it was like a nice morning and he made us some coffee and he sat me down and he kind of just gave me like a talk about like the responsibilities of being a man and being like the oldest, like looking out for Derek and making sure that, yeah. you know, like let him like make his own path. Yeah. Like don't let him stray too far. Mm -hmm. Kind of just like just the responsibilities 
the eldest man, brother, however you want to put it, head of the house. Yeah. Kind of has. And um, it got kind of emotional. And, like, I, like, I used to, like, like make it a point to, like, not try to get emotional in front of my parents or, like, anyone for that matter. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of just, like, oh, we were, like, openly talking to men sharing emotion. No, and exactly. It was, like, I don't know, I kind of, like, left the conversation thinking, like, wow, like, I really appreciated everything my dad had done for me up until that point in life. And, like, not that he was never, like, my hero, but, like, he be, like in that moment, I was, like, yeah. Like if, if I can live a life and be like my dad, I'd be happy. Like I feel I just want that life. The same way. Like my dad was super strict growing up and one th- I I never understood it. Like perfect examples like on the weekends or even like after school, I was allowed to play video games for 1 hour a day. 1 hour a day. And and at the time I was like what is the point of this? Like I'm I'm doing well in school. You know, I'm getting all my work done, I'm doing my chores or whatever. Like why why is it 1 hour a day? And now I sit, like, you know, now I sit down and I try to play, like, let's say a new game comes out and I try to play for, like, two hours, three hours, and I physically can't do it. Like, I'd, I'll get bored with it. I would just feel like I'm doing something wrong. And you look at kids today, and I, I don't mean to sound like yeah, I'm 70 like, years yeah, old, but you yeah. look at kids today and literally they're just on their iPads 24-7. Like, it, it pisses me off when I see, I'm serious, it pisses me off when I see a kid and, like, you know, what either like whether it's family or like if I see them in public, like and they're just sitting in the corner on their iPad watching like YouTube videos or whatever. I'm just like I understand that, you know, that's kinda of, like it's a, when you're like have a lot of stuff going on as a parent, like sometimes you need that. Like we're all people at the end of the day. But I have to give so much props to my parents that they never like like my dad would come home tired after a long day of work. My mom would like, you know, cook cook dinner, clean the house, everything, like fold the laundry. And then she would still make time to like spend with me or my dad would like still make time for us. And that's, uh, I can't imagine, like we have long days, right? Like where we're studying all day in the library or going to class. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some of us, <laughs> um, w- and we come home and we're just like, I don't want to do anything, but to think that like, and we're young too, like yeah. we have, we're supposed to have more energy now, like to think that they just used to, you know do their entire work and then they would come home and still have time like they, they that's gotta, what they, they come wanted. home to the family yeah and they provide for and the that's family. what they want to do like i don't know i i would just never be like you know i can't be thankful enough for that and it's just one of those like i said you you really do become a man when you start realizing that your dad is your hero like 100 percent, couldn't agree more disciplinarian fathers like that's that's something that people I don't understand. I want to say I will go as far as to say people don't necessarily understand because I have friends who I love, mm-hmm. but their parents weren't the strictest of parents in terms yeah. of like disciplinary style. Yeah, and so I would like tell them some of the like stories that I had as a kid, like getting disciplined or like my brother, and like my mom. Like I love my mom, and she's very like she's a very hands-on mother. Like she would like wrestle with my brother and I and our friends. Exactly. And, like, I would just tell like these kind of stories to friends who whose parents aren't as, I guess like disciplinary like that kind of at least like not that they're bad parents but you know they have their own style no they, exactly they, make, they find these stories like really funny and they're like oh i can't believe like your mom or dad did that like haha uh-huh, like wow like i wish like yeah my parents did that or like i wish i had those kind of stories and at the time i was like this sucks like no yeah. well, you don't you don't wish yeah but that. then you look back on it and you really appreciate everything you learned from it you you can't always be over your kid's shoulder telling him what to do and what not to do right but if you can build discipline in your kid that's that's the most like valuable gift you can give them i think the most rewarding thing i mean i'm not a parent so i don't know this but yeah i, I know i would want my this would be for me 
that if as a parent, if I n- had complete confidence that when no one was around, my kid would do the right thing, that's mm-hmm. all I that's all I would want. That would make yeah. me happy. No, same. Like, it's people. I mean, I you you hear me say this all all the time. Like, I'm all about helping a brother out, right? Yeah. People just don't want to help a brother out these days, and you know, it's we've always heard it like, oh, integrity is doing the right thing when no one's watching. Integrity's mm. lacking these days. It is. And I'm not gonna point fingers at you know. You you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, no, integrity is lacking. As as a as a country and, and as a species, we we don't have as much integrity as we should. Now to wrap this subject up, because we have others to get to, I want to implement a, a little thing, a shout out of the day Let's for hear each it. podcast. And I think the shout out of the day is to my parents. I love you guys. You guys did a great job raising your son, and to all the parents out there, same. Get enough love. I'm gonna shout out my parents as well, and I mean. Yeah, it's, I, you know, I, I'm this thankful at the age of 20. I can only imagine what I'll be at 30. Absolutely. But just one thing, going back to you said you had to be the man of the household and watch out for Derek. Derek, if you're listening, Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player <laughs> of all time. <laughs> but that gives us a good segue into basketball. So obviously it's, what day is it? April 26th, it's Tuesday, right? What happened last night? Nets just got swept. Yeah. KD and Kyrie got swept, and I—I I mean, we go to UNC. We're not supposed to be Duke Duke fans or Duke player fans, but we gotta like we gotta talk about it. is Jason game recognizes game game recognizes and game. For those of you who aren't as cultured in the basketball, the Celtics, the Boston Celtics swept the Brooklyn Nets four games to none. Four games to none, and that's like I was listening to something. I don't know how much they won by last night. I think they won by three. If I'm not mistaken, because KD hit that like shot at the end, but the margin of victories or the the difference summed up between each one of the games was 12 points. It was four points. They won by four. They won yes, by four last the night. Same. The principle stands. So it's 16 points, which is an average of four per game, two buckets or an and one. Right. That's you know like a three and one four point play, but yeah. that's crazy because you can say that. Oh, four really close games doesn't count as like a sweep because I've been seeing people say that on Twitter. Which, by the way, and Twitter during the NBA playoffs, best form of entertainment you can find, undefeated, best undefeated. Especially now that with with that and with Elon buying Twitter, bro, it's ridiculous. It's gonna be the wild, wild west of social media. That's my prediction, at least for this Elon Musk buying Twitter thing. It's gonna be funny as hell. Yeah. But is Jason Tatum a top ten player in the NBA right now? I think. Yes, I think he is, and I I think he's definitely closer to 10. But, and for all you out there who disagree with me, I'm going to read you out some stats of people who are definitely top 10. All right, so first off, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'm going to give you four stats. I'm going to give you, and I'm not going to put names to them. I want you to tell me, think in your head. Okay. And think about who. All right. So, there's 27, 5, and 5. Is that a top 10 player in the league, you think? 27, 5, and 5? Yes. Do they have any blah like blah? I I gotta hear they're, Boston. They're they're a shooting guard, shooting guard twenty seven yeah. five and five. I mean, look, you got the scoring and you're getting some some you know assists and rebounds. I don't know who this player is though. Like I'm kind of is this like a actually no? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you four names. I'm gonna read you the names of the four players first without okay. their stats, and then you can try to. All right. So I'm gonna read you Jason Tatum stats, Devin Booker stats, LeBron stats, and Kevin Durant stats. Not, I, I'm gonna not go in any particular okay. order. 
So well, well, you just told me that that's it's Booker twenty seven five and five is Booker, right? Because he's the only shooting yeah, guard out of the Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. And then so then you have thirty eight and six. Thirty eight and six. Yeah. Jesus. You're probably gonna know most of these. They're also close, but you also I know you. Know. Who is wait? So you said that the three the four players were Tatum, LeBron, Kevin, Kevin, and and Book. I I hope I think LeBron is thirty eight and six. That's yes. ridiculous. Now, wait, okay, I did a little. I did a little bit of rounding. Okay, that's but, f- it, well, but it, I I didn't round anything that was greater than point three. So like I said, like four point three was four, or like yeah, three point yeah. eight was four. Um, and then there's thirty seven and six. I guess this kind of all right. The game's over. That's Kevin Durant's. Yes, yeah, <laughs> the um, game's over. And then Jason Tatum averaged twenty seven, eight, and four point five assists on the season. Now those those, those stats are. Obviously better than Devin Booker, who yeah. I think personally a lot of casuals would say he's a top ten player in the league. Maybe that's because he's on one of the best teams in the West. You're a casual if you think that Devin Booker is better that's than why Jason I said Tatum. Casuals. I'm sorry. I don't think he is, but that's why he's I said not, casuals. I, now I will die on that hill. Like I I love Devin Booker because he put LeBron out of the playoffs last year, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is Jason Tatum's stats, he averages three points per game less and one and a half assist points assists per game less than LeBron James, who there are a lot of people out there who think LeBron James is the best player in the world and still is. So if if Jason Tatum, who plays on a team with a lot of other shot makers, yeah. granted, is averaging just as many rebounds, a few less points, and a few le- and a almost we'll say two assists less than the greatest player in the world. Does that not put him top ten in the league? That puts him. I I think he's top. I if he's ten. I mean, if he's top ten, he's nine or ten. But yeah, look, I'll do you one better. Since the All Star break, thirty seven and five in the last series, twenty nine seven and five. Now that sounds a lot more like Le- LeBron numbers that you were naming. They're twenty one and five since the All Star break, including the four hour sweep. That's wow. I don't know that. That's They're. I mean. Marcus Smart won Depoy. Uh, we know yeah, how we, we feel. Have, we have our own thoughts on that. <laughs> we know one. how we feel about that. But that's ridiculous. And I'm going to, I mean, this is this was the way I looked at it for the top 10. And granted, I know there's some injuries, but not none that are super notable. I'm going to read the Team Durant and Team LeBron starters. And you tell me if you think, if you can find nine players or 10 players better than him. Okay. KD and LeBron. We're going to yes. go ahead and so yes. Joel Embiid and Giannis. Yes. Jaw and Steph Curry. Jaw is great. Not, not. Don't get me wrong. Yes, but he's not. He, he like I would say at best it's a coin toss. It's a coin toss, but Steph, defensively, if we're looking at defensively, the the game, the series that you, Jason just played, Lock and KD, I'm giving that to Jason Tatum. I'm also, I'm and then I'm telling you, if if you're a betting man, and we know some of us <laughs> are. I'm would a you betting put your man. money on the Grizzlies or the Celtics right now? Celtics. Exactly. Celtics. That's, and you didn't even hesitate. Yeah. And this is a man who has won numerous bucks off betting. Yeah. Steph Curry, I, I gave it to that. So we're at five right now, right? Yeah, that's five. DeMar DeRozan. No. Maybe maybe in his prime, but definitely Snapped not it now. off. No. He said no. No. Wow. Because not that DeMar's a, DeMar's a great player, but... Jason Tatum's more versatile. Like Demar Rosen's yeah. mid-range game and like scoring in the paint ability, yeah, is probably one of the best in the league. But as a complete player, I'm taking Tatum. That's fair. That's fair. See, I was gonna say it's neck and neck, but now after the way you just, it's Jason Tatum. Andrew Wiggins, don't get me fucking started. No, no. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins might be the biggest NBA snub. Not no, that's I'm sorry, not snub. Joke of the year. Yeah. 
hey, yeah. As as a as a non NBA player, don't get me wrong, like like they are a tremendous athletes and they have yeah. got when they deserve. But Andrew Wiggins is so overrated that it is ridiculous. So we're we're at five right now, right? And we're we've pretty much exhausted the starters. Jokic and Trey Young. Jokic. Jokic, yes. yes. Trey Young, Young no. no. Perfect. Yeah. In unison. Fuck Trey Young. <laughs> All right. I can't be saying that anymore. Six we're at six players now, right? We got Jokic, LeBron, Steph, Joel Embiid, Giannis, and Kevin Durant. Even though looking at what just happened. And if we look at the stats, Kevin Durant is obviously better, but like Kevin Kevin Durant on the and the uh, on the year twenty nine seven and six, Jason Tatum on the year twenty seven eight and four, and like I said, since the All Star break thirty seven and five, and we just saw what happened. So the numbers the the eye test says Kevin, but the numbers are showing you know that it's it's comparable. I, I, I will stop you there. I yes, I understand that the, the Celtics did just beat the Nets. Yeah. But if we're being real, Kevin Durant is one of the best scorers yeah. that the NBA has ever seen. Yeah. Un- unquestionable. But no, I, I agree. I and agree. If, and if you're gonna sit here and you're gonna tell me that you would rather have Jason Tatum on your team than Kevin Durant, we're gonna have an issue. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I was just Okay, I shouldn't have said that. But well, I, I, I see what you're, I see the point you're trying to make. I'm just saying it's close. We have six people and it's getting close. Yes, right. Uh, at least the numbers say so. Yeah. Lamelo Ball, greatest player of all. No, I'm sorry. Love the Hornets, but no. no. Jared Allen, get no. the fuck out of here. Devin Booker, hell no. I'm sorry. Jimmy, I, I agree. I agree. No, not Devin Jimmy Booker. Butler. Twenty one. Jimmy six Butler. Six. I just want to put. I want to put it on the record. If there's ever an NBA player that. Personifies he has that dog in him, it's Jimmy Butler. Yeah, and for that reason alone, I'm gonna say that yes, yes. I would take Jimmy Butler over Jason Tatum defensively as a leader, and and he brings the full package. I mean, look, look what he's doing for the Heat right now. Yeah, it's a no. But, Shout out Jimmy Butler, man. But let's let's talk about as a leader, right? Jimmy Butler is that guy for the Heat, but Jason Tatum's also that guy for the Celtics. Look at how they he fouled out on some I, okay. on some bullshit last yes, night. Let me say that. Yes, but let me. I'm gonna. So okay, actually, I'll let you finish. Then I'll give you my thoughts. He fouled on some bullshit right now, right? Or yeah. last night. Okay. The Celtics kind of collapsed. They kind of collapsed. Like and and the, the biggest worry was they were trying to run the clock out. They weren't even starting their possession until there was ten se- ten seconds left on the shot clock. They were trying not to lose. They weren't trying to win. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like. There he brings so much to their like fluidity to their offense because Marcus Smart, again, depoy alleged, alleged. Well, he he won it, but he he just can't he can't run that offense like that. Well, here okay, so here's so yes, you talk about the leader aspect, and I and I don't deny that they're both the leaders of their respective teams, but I will say that Jimmy Butler is not only the leader of that team on the court. But he changed the entire culture when he yeah. came there, and not to say that Jason Tatum didn't or can't, but like the Celtics were, they got progressively better once they drafted Jason Tatum yeah. and he became a good player. But the Miami Heat turnaround, just by signing Jimmy Butler alone, I mean they went from being like you could say bottom of the East to say what you will about it, a Finals contender. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, you're right, and not a lot of there's not a lot of players in the league that can do that, and and they've gotten a lot better. They've improved on both sides of the ball recently. Yeah, they're I I don't this is me blowing smoke. But yeah, I'm pretty sure they're like top five in defensive efficiency. Yeah, and I mean their offense is they got a lot of shooters, but so they're it's, up there it's, with the Celtics. It's sketchy. They are up there with the Celtics defensively. But 
I will say that Brad Stevens is just as important to the culture of that team as anybody else. Where, yes, Spo is a great coach down in Miami, but Jimmy Butler is the man of Miami. Yeah, that's fair. So now, let's let's keep going. Rudy Gobert now. No, Luka Doncic. I am someone who's not on the Luka bandwagon. If I'm being honest, but I'm not on it. But I think he has. He's a better. very unique skill set, yeah. and it would be hard to say no. So we'll say yes. So we're going to say yes. So that puts us at eight. Zach Levine, I'm no. sorry, no. Darius Garland, no. no. Chris Middleton, no. James Harden, hell no. Jonathan Murray, no. Although, shout out, he had a great year. Great year. I mean, his averages, you look at his averages, you're going to say yes, but. 29 and 8. I'm looking at it right now. And 8. Sorry, 21, 9, and 8. And he also averaged he's a guard over, and he's he averaging also averaged eight over two steals. So don't don't let that go unnoticed. He, yeah, that's ridiculous. He, he and he was a replacement too. He replaced Draymond, who was injured. That's ridiculous. Twenty. I I haven't. I, I can't believe I, I haven't looked at this yet. But eight eight boards as a guard. That's and he's not a big like. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah, he's not no, like one no. of those like. But I think it's also a product of the system he plays in that he does everything for that team. Like I it's mean, true. the spur like. I, I will say I haven't watched a lot of Spurs games this year, but I don't yeah. I couldn't name you two other players on that on that roster, which <laughs> leads me to believe that he's got to carry a lot of the burden. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell, no, not anymore. I would last year I would say yes, but not this. Really? Year. I I mean last year or yesterday, and I what I would consider a must win game against the Mavs. He yeah. went four for seventeen and had like nine points. Bubble Donovan Mitchell and and bubble Jamal Murray. One of the great that will be talked about, and and I'm in an M and I'm in an M or a basketball yeah, and history class exactly. And I, and I promise you, in five years, that will be talked about. I that like was, that. That was entertainment. Carl Anthony Towns, no, no. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read softest player in the league. I'm putting that out there right now. I, I, oh. I don't I don't like I don't like his jumper. If I'm being honest, but it, he always wets it. That's what's ridiculous. I mean, he's having a good playoff, like a good playoff run right now, but he's disappeared when the Timberwolves have needed him so many times before. It's ridiculous. And the, honestly, I the think the amount of the like reason he's 30 runs, in my opinion, sorry, not to cut you off this year, is because due to one man, and that's Anthony Edwards. Yeah. He's taking every team's best defender and leaving Cat. Like, if you watch the Timberwolves, a lot of Cats are just walking wide open. Yeah. Threes. Like, he's not hitting, like, these crazy contested shots. No, now, facts. If you look at my man, Anthony Edwards, over here, who. Still, Melbourne Rookie of the Year. Yeah, deserve that. Um, he's in some crazy shots, and he's putting up some crazy numbers. He really is like, and he's that. showing up. Yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah, like he's acting like he's prime MJ out here. Okay, he, let's. Okay, that's that's, that's an overstatement, but that's a bit ridiculous. But no, like Anthony Edwards is playing. First of all, he's having a great series, but Cat is just not showing up. I think he had zero points in in. The half and the second half of game two, where they were up a lot, and then they blew a, tr- I think a twenty, they went on a twenty six point lead, yeah, twenty six points. That that series has been a series of runs, and I love it because I had a parlay, <laughs> and I texted you, and yeah. I said, I said, I had I parlayed, I forgot what it was. It was it was it was uh, Grizzlies minus one and a half with Warriors, Warriors minus, minus one, one and a half. half, and and we agreed that it was free money. And I texted you when they were down twenty six, and I wasn't very happy. Yeah, there some <laughs> words were exchanged, and then, and then they won. So I mean, I guess, and then I I I took the, I think the same bet the next time, and I, I missed on it. But it is what it is. But now I'm going to read you the numbers of someone who I would still put 
above him, but it's crazy to think about these numbers. 15, 11, and 4. Is he an all-star? Yeah. At that, a 12-time all-star and 10-time all-NBA with an MVP. He has multiple defensive first NBA. He was an all-star this year. Yeah. With the averages of 15, 11, and 4. Yeah. And and here's the crazy thing. I didn't realize, like, growing up, we've, he's he's always been that guy, right? But I looked back at his resume recently. I think he has seven first, uh, first all NBA first defenses, and I, I'm I'm getting it mixed up. But ten time all NBA. Who is this guy? It's Chris Paul. Oh man! With and but he's turning it up right now. <coughs> like he's he's that guy right now, which is crazy. I don't. I you have to put him over them, right? Or, or no? I mean, are we talking about right now? Although I will say, even in the play, like he had a thir- oh, like, I think he was thirty nine and eight in the Suns' like second playoff game. He put up twenty eight and sixteen. I saw I saw a crazy stat today. On, yeah, on Twitter because Twitter is goaded when it comes to stats. Um, I think it was Chris Paul is shooting over seventy percent and has zero turnovers in the fourth quarter in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. That's ridiculous. What more do you want your point guard to do? You can't. He's point god. Yeah, he, he really is. He is. And we've had this discussion about like the top point guards of all time. You're going to have, and I'm not going to throw out names here, but you have certain people who are trying to say right, John let's, Stock. Let's, before we go into that conversation, let's let's end the debate. Jason Tatum is a top 10 player. Yes. He is, he's maybe 8, 9, or 10, but he's a top 10 player. I just named nine. The, the last right. two on this list are Draymond Green and Fred Van Vliet. Absolutely not. Absolutely right. not. So he's 10. So he's By 10, that, he's 10. But he's still 10. And he's a good 10. Yes. The, and the numbers help his case in that. And he's young. With He just turned grow. 24. His birthday is March yes. 3rd. And for all those who go on Twitter, he's not 19. He is indeed 24. There's a dude who looks like Jason Tatum that goes here. I just want to put that out there. There's and, a lot, there's and a lot of celebrity he's look funny as hell on TikTok. Really? Yeah, he's an ATO. All right. So that's a good segue. Well, I mean, I kind of wanted to see, do you think that the Celtics have it to win it all? Because let's think about it. Chris Middleton is down, right? Devin Booker's down. Joel Embiid has a torn ligament ligament in his thumb, and they just dropped a game no, to the Raptors. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now. That okay. Joel Embiid stuff is garbage. That is the Sixers fans already covering for the fact that they're going to lose when they were up 3-0 to the Toronto Raptors. And Joey Schrader, if you're listening to this podcast, yes, you heard it first. <laughs> Raptors in seven, baby. That sounds like our negative shout-out of the day. Yeah, he's a hater. Well, here's the thing. I was, And Chuck said the same thing last night. They're not winning in Toronto. They're not winning Game Six. I don't see that happening. Well, not only that is if, going with what Chuck said. The Raptors feel like they're going to win this series, and they're playing like it. They, right they now. look good. They look good. I think they figured out. I think the first couple games, they like they had to figure out how they were going to guard Joel and how they were kind of like. Yeah. You basically have to mitigate his damage because mm-hmm. they have no one that can match up with them. I think their center, their heavy center, who actually gets minutes, might weigh two twenty. Yeah. And Joel Embiid, not not a fan, but he's a beast. He's big. That that we were watch. I, I don't know if you were there, but I was at your house watching when he hit the game oh, winner. Yeah, no, I was there. I remember. That, oh, you were there. Yeah. You you and Jared were disappointed. Yeah. He wetted that though. That was kind of filthy. And then after that was when they heard about the torn ligament in his thumb, which convenient. alleged, convenient, alleged, convenient. <laughs> so, can the Celtics win it all this year? I think one of the great things about the NBA in the past year or two is that. 
pretty much any playoff team has a chance to, to win and go to the chip. I think, yes, the Celtics 100%. can win it all this year, but I still think that what has changed that you're going to bet against the Bucks and Giannis? What Chris made, Middleton went down. Yeah, okay, but he'll he's still if they get to the finals, he will come back before, either before or during the finals. I don't, I don't, I, I haven't heard about that, but I heard it was like two weeks. Well, I mean that would be great for them, but the the funny thing is, they dropped they dropped a game. Right? They also beat the Bulls by thirty without yeah. Chris Middleton. In, that's what I'm saying. In Chirac, <laughs> they did, they did, and then they they beat him by twenty last night as well, didn't they? Oh, did they really? I was maybe in, it wasn't last, last night, night, but it was the other. They're up three one. Yeah, they're playing tonight, and right they're now. closing out. No, they're not playing tonight. But I mean, the Warriors are looking good. That's my pick. Yes, the Warriors are looking good, but I just I, Giannis is such a matchup problem for anyone, yeah. especially for the Warriors, because I mean, I would assume they would put Kevon Looney. Yeah, and so that means you have to take out one of your weapons from your, your death con or, or five apparently starting lineup. Step Steph Curry is coming off the bench because of that. Not Which, in the finals, he's not. Yeah. Not in the finals. There's no way that, because they said he's limited to, what, 25 minutes a game, 30 minutes a game. I mean, it's the playoffs. That's ridiculous. You don't have, it's the playoffs. You shouldn't have a minute. Yeah. The but that's what they're saying is the reason that they're starting, they're making him come off the bench, like, sixth man of the century. Yeah, for real. But I like, I mean, I like the Grizzlies, but I just don't, they're so inconsistent. I don't like how they're, they're playing. They're too young. And they're so, they're getting lucky. I mean, yeah. I, mean, only, I don't know. They're only beating young is teams. Is Desmond Bain that guy? Is he really like? He's I mean, playing he's like putting it. up like twenty. A he's game. playing like it. He's looking like Reggie Miller out here. Uh, I he was. You're disrespectful. There's a whole generation that is about to slap you right now. I'm. You know, I'm an old head, which we're gonna get to. But no, I mean, the Warriors have a chance. Obviously, I don't see the Grizzlies doing it. If if they if they beat the Timberwolves. Um, the the Mavs or the Jazz are just not those guys. They're not contenders. No, I also don't see. Nor I the Suns I or the Pelicans. I don't see the finals going any shorter than six games. And again, I'll say it again. I can't see any team that's gonna shut Giannis down and his supporting cast because he has a valid supporting cast. Drew Holiday. If yeah. you don't know, Kevin Durant said that Drew Bobby? Holiday is the toughest player. That he's ever had to go against defensively wise. I have never. I, I had. He's not on heard record that. and said that. And if Kevin Durant said that about you, you're yeah. valid. No, that's. And that's Bobby facts. Portis might be the greatest playoff Bobby. performer in all time. This man. Wow. This man does his job like like nobody else yeah. when it comes to the playoffs. And yes, I know they don't have Chris Middleton, but again, as a UNC fan, it pains me to say this. Grayson Allen has been hooping for them. He put 22 up in the yeah, last he game. Yeah, he had 27 last game. Was it 27? And he had 22 the game before that. Wow. Oh, I was thinking about the game before. That's ridiculous. I I don't like seeing these. And if that's players. your eighth player on the bench, yeah. getting you those kind of that productivity, that's a dangerous team. That is. That's crazy that we're And I think they match up well with the Warriors in terms of you got Drew Holiday can guard Steph. Chris Milton's not that bad defensively. I mean, they're long and they got some and they can play defense. So it's looking like the Celtics are the best team, best matchup for them. For the Bucks? Or yeah. You mean like the Bucks or the to Celtics get, to get through match the up well against the Bucks? Yeah, like who I, else I don't is disagree. there? I don't. I mean the Heat. The Heat and the Celtics are kind of in the same. I would love to area, see a Sixers. But wait, if if the Sixers and Bucks went out, are they going to play each other next round? I don't know. I would love to see that matchup. I'd love to see a Joel Embiid Giannis matchup. Well, I think that'll be if great the Sixers can make it. Yes, that's that would own, that yeah. would be a good matchup. I think. Yeah, that would be a good matchup, but. 
I don't. I just don't know because, like, with Chris, can Gian, I mean Giannis has stepped up recently. Well, other people have had to step up too. Like, can can they count on Grayson Allen to be that guy? Can he give them the numbers that Chris gives them? But that's an NBA champion. That's it's not. I mean, yes, your best player gets you there, but you gotta have people on the bus that will step up. That's true. And every year they have that. Like, that's there's a true. team that has that has people step up. Now I'm not saying that Grayson Allen's that guy, mm-hmm. but I think there definitely will be players that you see step up. Well, Chris Middleton. I mean, this season he was a twenty twenty six and five guy. Grayson Allen is a twenty two, like three and zero guy. I feel like. I mean, I haven't looked at the numbers. Yeah, but, but based off but of these two games, he he also he hadn't. Grayson Allen doesn't need to be that. Like he I'm just a hater. To be that I'm a hater. I mean, and, yeah, and well, we know. I that. think everyone's a Grayson Allen hater. Yeah. Like I mean, he's like whether he's hooping or not. All right, so then. We're gonna wrap it up. Just give me in one word answer. Who's winning it this year? Bucks. Bucks and six over the Warriors. If if they, no, the East, give the, me just give me your pick. Just give me your pick. The Milwaukee Bucks and six over the Warriors. Amen. I, I like it. Okay, so let let's kick it back a little old school now. And obviously, this is this is the question that we have had. Hours and hours of debate on, and I feel like every time the answer changes. Because I think the answer changes because there is no right answer. There is so a right. There's, a, there's a right top two so answers for everybody out there that has this debate and gets very hostile about it. Don't because there is no right answer, and you'll never know what that. Even if you do think there's a right answer, there's no way to prove it. Unless you say some dumb shit like Jared, then <laughs> just yeah, yeah, Jared Applegate, you've been outed on the podcast. Yeah, that's ridiculous, dude. Saying, but it's it's fine. Top five of all time. And and there's 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 a variation to this question. There's your top five of all time, and there's your top five lineup of all time. And talk a little bit about your your sports basketball class because right. I know that this Bill yeah, Russell it, it, or it, it, someone's it, it, someone's sports basketball here. class influences my answer to this because shout out Matt Andrews, one of the good professors here at this prestigious university. He defined greatness and like, in terms of basketball greatness as being the most dominant against your competition in your era. And so I think that's a very accurate assessment to look at a top five because that's the best, like, you're never going to be able to compare, like, LeBron versus yeah. MJ. Like, that. you're never going to be able to, like, know who's better. That's true. You can only look at their body of work and the time that they did it. Mm-hmm. And so given that, my top five in order is MJ, yes. LeBron, Kareem, Bill Russell, and Kobe. Wow. Yes. And now, Bill Russell wow. was not historically on that top five, but – after attending this class, like he's recently been there because his body of work is the most impressive. And yes, I know everybody out there is saying, "Oh, he played against plumbers and people off the street." But first off, he had like he had no like, yeah. option. Like he didn't get to choose who he played against. He went out there and he still dominated against mm-hmm. every single one of his competition. And yes, he did play against those guys. But don't forget, he played against Wilt. He played against some some pretty pretty steep competition yeah. as well. And he beat him every single time. Actually, no, he didn't mean that. I mean, he beat him well, in the matters, but he, most the, of the time, the winning, their, their record. I think they played. He has like a sixty, at least a sixty uh, percent winning percentage against Wilt. Which That's is, fair. I mean, and Wilt's Wilt. Yeah. I mean, now do you want me to give my starting lineup now, or do you want to give your top five first? I'll get. I'll give my top five first, and then we can, then we can move on to that. But because because we need to talk about this, Kobe in your top five, and and I know what you're gonna say. I know what you're gonna say. Oh, what am I gonna w- say? when when because because we've had this conversation before, but I did not expect you to put him in your top five on the record. Oh no, yeah, because this is th- this is getting released. 
we've had this talk before, and you always say, when Kobe died, he became overrated. And then there's haters out there, you know, on Twitter and myself included. I'm, I'm not a Kobe hater, but I'm just a hater in general. <laughs> well, we know that. Yeah. We established that last night. He, that he became underrated because of the overrated. Like, you know, yeah. it, was, it was like people a Mark like, like, right, What are we talking about Kobe? Let's forget about him. Yeah. The people are talking about he became so overrated that everyone who was like, the people who actually aren't casuals, they almost they compensated for, for their his like you know him being overrated by underrating him, which is fair. I I I didn't really think about it, but then when you brought it up, I, I agree. But I'll tell you my top five. Uh, oh, I'm, I almost made a grave wow, error. Wow, I was about to Michael end Jordan the podcast. Michael Jordan number one, and anyone who knows me knows that. LeBron James at number two, and I'm a LeBron hater, and everyone knows that. Everyone who knows me in any capacity knows that A, sports is very important to me, and B, I'm a LeBron James hater. But I'm warming up to LeBron. I'm warming up to him, and he is the second greatest player of all time, but I think there is more of a gap between Jordan and LeBron than people are admitting, and and you only realize that when you start having these conversations more and more. Number three, Magic Johnson, and I get hate for this. I get hate for it. I think I think it's a bit high. I don't I don't completely disagree that he's a top five player, but I do think it's a bit high. Well, your three was Kareem, right? The cap. Your three was Kareem, correct? Correct. What did Kareem do that was and yeah, greatest scorer of all time, well, maybe. Here, I also my Kareem pick has to do with more than just his NBA. Because you're he's That's just, fair. We're not talking again, we're talking top five basketball players, not top five NBA players. Mm. Because that's not fair to any of these players. Kareem arguably had the most dominant basketball life out there. He lost, I believe, two games in high school. He won three national championships at UCLA. And he dominated in the NBA. But at the same time, you had to think about the fact that... And he was also, at least... Okay, but this is a separate debate. And in, 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 in some of the NBA ones, I won't... like. There's debate. But he was the best player on his high school team and definitely the best player on his UCLA team. And there was times he was the best player on his NBA championship winning team. So that's that's where my point comes in. And I think this is the reason that we disagree. Um, so you said, so Kareem won three championships in a row, right, at UCLA? Uh, I, yes, either one. I know he won three. I don't know if they won okay. a row. And he was part of that, um, like those teams that kind of, Won pretty much every game every season. Yeah, he had like he. I think he lost like just over double digit games in college. That's ridiculous. But the the thing about Magic, it right, Kareem won six rings in the NBA, so he was of course dominant. You know, always an MVP contender. He obviously has the most points ever. One of the most dom like you know skyhook, insane defender. He had everything going for him, but. He won six rings. One was with the Bucks. Five were with the Lakers. And like I'm, I'm going off the dome here. I, I, this is just my knowledge. I'm not. I don't have this any. This isn't or a statistical podcast, people. This is just. This is thoughts. Yeah. And there's gonna be a little bit of bullshit I, involved. <laughs> I could be shooting. I'm 95 percent sure that he has five rings with the Lakers and one with the Bucks. And of the, this, I know for a fact. Of the five rings he has with the Lakers, he has one Finals MVP. One Finals MVP. Magic Johnson has three others. And keep in mind when when um and you, people say that oh the 1980 ring was was kind of bullshit. 
that they gave it to Magic. I call bullshit on them because he he scored he put up a double double with forty two points playing center. And yeah, you know I watched the game and he didn't play center the entire time, right? But the times he was playing center, he didn't make it look like he was out out of his place, right? Like he was he was going against Daryl Dawkins, and that was a really talented team. He um he he so he won the the MVP because Kareem went down and he was out game seven. So Magic subbed in as the center, and he won the game, and he won the Finals MVP as a rookie. Then he won two more Finals MVP on their five rings together. James Worthy won the last ring that they all won together, Kareem, Magic, and James Worthy, for his defensive efforts. And the thing about James Worthy was, if you look at the averages, Kareem averaged around 14-7. and seven That I don't know how many assists, but 14-7. and seven, He didn't average a double-double. Magic, of course, averaged a double-double, as always. 20 and 12 or something like that. And James Worthy averaged under a double-double, but he, he played well defensive. It's like the, it's like the Iguodala finals MVP. Say, that's, the James Worthy MVP is, is exactly what the Iguodala... So even is. if you want to take away the, um, you know, if you want to take away the 1980s finals MVP, you have to give him the other one. Or if you don't want to do anything, he still won three finals MVPs when Kareem won one, when they won five rings together. That, to me, if you, if you win the finals MVP, you're the you're the best player on that team, and you show up when it matters, right? Magic Johnson ha- averages 11.5 assists per game. That's more. He's not the leading assist of all time. That's John Stockton, but he's averaging an assist and a half more per game. I, I agree with you, and I, I hear what you're saying, and I think I, I could definitely be convinced to put Magic in my top five, 100%. But I think something Magic took advantage of and the reason why he has the numbers he does, and this does not make him any less of a player I, th- I think this is what makes him good as he took advantage of a style he exploited a style of play he ca- he was the first i mean whether you're basketball aficionado or not magic johnson was he started like the fast break offense in yeah. terms of like showtime like flash yeah. like like up the tempo and and as a result that like his you see his, his crazy assist numbers and his statistics in general um and I think he was able to do that because the league was accustomed to running set offenses. It wasn't like a, mm-hmm. there wasn't really a motion like like offense like yeah. fast breaks weren't like weren't really a big thing. And so I think as a result of him being at the forefront of that this new style of offense, he put up those numbers. And I think that's what makes him great. Yeah, not to say any less. But I still saving think, the league as well. Yes, one hundred percent that he did save the league. Um. But I will say, I mean, I don't like. I wasn't alive. I didn't watch these these games. But I still think if you ask a lot of these players, and some of them are former players, will say this: that they they game plan to stop Kareem, yeah, not Magic. And I think that speaks for something. That's fair. Because That's fair. Like what Magic did was it's harder to, to game plan for because he's a such he's a playmaker. What does you that, can't stop a playmaker? But doesn't that make him better? If you can't so game you, plan on, to stop so him, so doesn't so that make him so, better? So you think Magic, you have Magic at three? I have Magic at three. You have Kareem on your top five? Finish so, out your top five. So let me finish my top five. Four and five? How did you define greatness, and how did your professor define greatness? As Greatness is dominance in their area. Shaquille their O'Neal has to be in the top five then. I'm sorry. I don't disagree. Shaquille O'Neal has... And, and if you, I think for the same reasons. Him and Kobe won three rings together, right? Yes. Shaq has all three of those final MVPs. Yes, but if you look at Shaq on the Magic, Shaq had Penny, and he had, he had a good team on the Magic. He did. And they couldn't win. 
they had to go through MJ, and even when they got through MJ, they got. But, they, but had, they they still got through MJ at one. They they were in the finals. Yeah, but that was when he came back. He wouldn't. He was forty five. Okay, but MJ. I'm saying he they still had, they had a chance. They got through him, and they were in the finals. Well, that put that brings up the person who's in the argument for my top five, and this is I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. I think Hakeem Olajuwon is criminally underrated, and I think he's a, <laughs> ob- objectively. You can laugh. No, he's, I, he's I, laughing. He's I'm, laughing I'm off laughing. the mic. <laughs> I'm not. I think it's about enough take. I thought you were going to say somebody else, but yeah. Who do you think I was going to say? Tim Duncan, because t- I think Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan is the is most up underrated there. player. So he's on my starting five. Here's the thing: the last two spots have to be filled by big men, which just goes to show how how great these guards were that we're putting ahead of them. What LeBron's not a guard, but he can be a guard. Just goes to show how great they were because these big men were dominant. The last two in my top five changes every week, and if you ask me right now, it's going to change next week. Due to personal bias, I want to put Hakeem in there. I have to put Shaq in there just because of dominance. Kareem should be in there. Bill Russell should be in there. Wilt should be in there. There are so many players who could be in there, and and part of me feels bad that I'm putting Magic at three, but Larry Bird's not even in the conversation for top five. Baller. Goat. Baller. Larry Bird could be in there as well. But I think Larry Bird's being in there is a more of a what if story, just because of his back. So and if he didn't get to play yeah. out this full, which you could say, like I guess Magic Johnson had a similar, like you know, with his disease. Yeah, but he came back and he. A lot, I don't think a lot of people understand that he he came back like he they retired, had short careers, but then he came back. They, and, he, yeah. and he played well, and they went to the finals. Yeah, he, the All Star game. I forget what year it was. Was his like that's when he came back yeah. for the first time, and he won All Star game MVP. I'm pretty sure. Uh yeah. And and they like they, they they went to the finals yeah. and and they played the Bulls, which is unfortunate, impressive. Yeah, that's that's the thing is they had such short careers, and that's that's why, and this is a segue to my next point. I guess it's so important to look at averages to me, like you know I'm a I'm a numbers guy. It is so important to look at averages because I can't in good conscience say that John Stockton is a better point guard. Than half of these guys because he absolutely has not. Let me put this on the record for those of you who believe this. John Stockton is not a better point guard than Magic Johnson. I I love John. I think John Stockton's a great player, but and and we had this exact discussion the other day. You, I hate to bring in what ifs into it, but you were saying what if he didn't have Karl Malone? That's 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 a shitty argument because it's it's it is, foul to it's them. Weak, but, but yeah, it begs the question. I mean, he he was a steals. He had I think he had a couple of steals titles as well. But that's besides the point. But say your point. Now, your your point that you made in this conversation, I think, is what is the nail in the coffin. Is don't look at total assists. You got to look at the averages. Look at the averages. So we can't. So by that point, Kareem's biggest, like the pinnacle of everything, is that he has the most points of all time, and you have to give him longevity to him because at being that tall, being seven one, and being able to play twenty seasons, that's ridiculous. And he put and he he's not he's not doing this load management bullshit like you know yeah, they do that, now. That's the, the end of the you can't NBA. you can't no. do that and then you know have that many points. But he's not he's not uh, he's not leading in points per game. Do you know who the leader is in points per game? Michael. It would yeah you'd think it would be Will. No, it's Michael. It's Michael. It's Michael. Mike Jordan. And 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 Will never Michael never put up hundred points in a game. And we talk about Will playing. I mean. It's unfair, but people talk about, oh, Wilt played pump plumbers. That's why he put 100 in the game. He still didn't have more points per game than Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's sitting at 30.12, and that's off the dome, so forgive me if I'm wrong. But let me stop going off on a tangent. Top five of all time, like I said, MJ, LeBron, 
Magic Johnson. And today, it's going to have to be Shaq and Kareem and Shaq. Oh, okay. But tomorrow it could be Hakeem or Shaq and Hakeem. Tomorrow, the day after, it could be Tim Duncan and Shaq. It could be Kareem and Bill. You know, yeah. It could be a bunch of things. Yeah. But that's that's why this next question is so important. If you, you know, Martians have the death ray pointed at the Earth or whatever the hell he said. <laughs> You need to make a Space Jam type team top five. Well, I guess it's like the Monstars or whatever, not really the good guys. But who, who are your? T- if you had to pick a, a starting lineup of all time, give me that lineup. My lineup. So I got Magic at the point, MJ at two guard, LeBron, Tim Duncan, and Shaq. Now I feel like those are pretty much all like you can see, like top players at their position. But I think what's very important about and why this lineup works is that. I think people are going to be tempted to, like, make a lineup where they're going to put, like, oh, I don't know, they'll put, like, Kareem at the four, Shaq yeah. at the five. You have to, you have, to have a, a lineup that's not all ball dominant. Magic, pass first point guard. Very true. Michael and LeBron, they're competitors. They'll do what they need to do to the win, whether it's defensively, offensively, they'll do what they need to do. Tim Duncan, extremely fundamental, completely underrated on the defense end. Yeah. Dude was an anchor on the defensive end of the floor. So he's that Spurs team was scary with, yeah. with David Robinson. Yeah, and then Shaq is dominant. Shaq is just dominant. <coughs> That's another thing, though. Like for me, you can't have Magic and LeBron on the same team. It's for that exact reason you said. Like, yeah, LeBron. I think you t- by trying to force LeBron to be a scorer solely and not run the offense, you. I mean, we, we've seen that he doesn't react well to that situation. I think, I mean, this is blasphemous, and I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. But I would rather have, and I love, like I said, I love Magic Johnson, but I would rather have the greatest shooter of all time at point guard. Steph? Steph. I would rather have Steph, MJ, LeBron, and but, then... Okay, hear me out, though. Yeah. I hear that, but it's recently LeBron said how he would like to play with Steph, and Steph didn't seem too keen to play with LeBron. That's now, fair. Does that tell us something that the average NBA viewer doesn't know? That maybe, I don't know. Steph is such a weapon, though. I I think I agree with Steph being in there. I think it, it speaks more to LeBron. Yeah, yeah. That that if a player like Steph, who is arguably well, one of the easiest players to play with in terms of he could a catch and shoot mm-hmm. monster, LeBron doesn't want to play or he doesn't want to play with LeBron. Maybe that says something about LeBron. Well, I mean, we we talked about this the other day, MJ was the type of leader that you were scared not to do well around him because you didn't want to be disappointed. He, you didn't want him. Would you want to walk into the Bulls locker room and MJ's like, God, this guy sucks. He's such a disappointment. Bro, He's holding me back from like a He wouldn't let ring. Horace Grant eat if he played bad. That's how competitive he is. And that's yeah. that's a like unwavering like, like desire his teammates had to perform for But him. that's like a tough love. That's a disciplinarian father. Yes, that is. LeBron? You're gonna get traded if you piss him off. LeBron's a stepdad that like yeah, you know, like you got to put up with. That's abusive. But you don't and respect. Toxic. Exactly, exactly. MJ is tough love, and it helps you get it better. Makes you a man. Makes you a man. Wow. Things really do just come full circle. They do. So, I mean, that's funny though. So LeBron, you could run LeBron at the point, even though I mean. I guess let's let's try not to think about people who wouldn't want to play with him, but you could put LeBron at the point. 
You could put, obviously, MJ has to be there. You could put KD at the three. You could, or you could put Steph in there. But me, personally, I need to have Steph on that team just because he is the greatest shooter of, the, of all time, like, without a doubt. So Steph, MJ, Braun. Now, I will say one thing Hakeem about Steph. and Shaq. <sighs> okay. That's valid. But there's one thing that separates Steph from everybody else that you could put on this list, and it's arguably the fact that he is a defensive liability. Everyone else on this list is a yeah. definitely a two-way player. Steph, I mean, any player that we named, like, love him, but we'll give Steph the slightest 30 ever because yeah. he's he's just not he's not a defender. He's not, an, he's not a great-level defender. So you got to have a good coach to scheme against that is all I can say. But, yes, but you're not, when, you're, you're, not running, when you're running a goaded lineup, you're not going to be able to hide anybody yeah. on the floor. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not obviously it's not fair to – Make this hypothetical top five and assume that they're gonna play against bums. Yeah, we gotta, no, we gotta. They're, think they're gonna that they're, go against another top five lineup. Yeah. Damn. I have never thought about that. That kind of, I mean, but you, you gotta have the greatest shooter of all time in that lineup. I mean, uh, like, where does he stack? Because he has the resume, he has the rings. Where does he stack all time? Yeah, Steph. I think he's arguing for top twenty. Top twenty five, definitely. It's unfair that he's top twenty, but it's unfair also how. Yes, I get what you're, I think you're saying because the game has changed. Yeah. Yes, but. I yeah. Mean, so, so fin- what's your final top five lineup? Has it has it changed? Hasn't changed. Wow. See now I don't know what to think. <laughs> I'm. St- I still need to put Steph in there though. I'm I'm gonna stick with Steph, MJ, LeBron. Tim Duncan and Shaq, or Hakeem and Shaq, or Kareem and Shaq, or I don't know. Again, it's all hypothetical, so, but yes. All right, well, I think we just spent maybe two hours talking about basketball. Yeah. So let's let's try to switch. We're not, we, we, have, we have wider interests. We do. We really do. And the thing is, we're limited, right? We don't want to get political on this. Yeah, no, this is not, this is a podcast for everyone to listen to. Exactly. Friends, family. Mentors, we are a PG bosses. podcast, except for Saul saying the F word a couple of times, or maybe that no, was me. That was you. I okay. kept it clean on purpose. All right. That's my bad. Um, see, I forgot that our family's going to listen to this, but it's okay, because they know they know how we are. We're not angels. Yeah, they know we don't mean it. <laughs> let's, right. switch, let's switch it up. And, I mean, I, these are not meant to be rapid fire, but if you want to just fire them off, yeah, that's your call. If you could have host a dinner party, these are hypothetical questions. If you could, I mean, all of these have been hypothetical questions, but if you could host a dinner and you could have five famous people at that dinner anytime, don't consider a language barrier. Don't consider like, you know, like intricacies, just five famous people. Who are they? Jesus, Elon Musk, Snoop Dogg, Gandhi. And wow. this, this last one is extreme wow. recency bias because of the book I've been reading. But John Thompson, the coach at Georgetown, when AI, Patrick Ewing, and all them were there. Really? This, For those of you who don't know, let me tell you something about John Thompson. I would love to hear this it. This man has a crazy life story. But not only is he a great basketball coach, he is incredibly involved in, like, the black empowerment movement. And yeah. honestly, just, like, fighting for, like, just social justice for, like, anyone and everyone. Yeah. And, like, and he also, he did not take shit from anyone. Yeah. Like, this man... 
his his grew up his dad didn't read his mom like cleaned like white people's houses for a living yeah like he was labeled like like uh academically challenged early on like people mm-hmm. thought he couldn't read and he just kept proving people wrong and he kept just kicking ass and taking names and he's a i mean hold on let me get the book out yeah oh actually i don't even need i know what the title is what's the title for those of you who are looking for a good read Read "I Came as a Shadow" by John Thompson. Now, it's, his, it's his autobiography, and I'm reading this because of my okay, race and basketball ask. class. But I would, if like, I would read this book regardless. It is a top five book I've ever read. Wow, that's that's inspirational. Now, see, I love that you explained that, but you're not going to explain Snoop Dogg. Okay, here's this and this Jesus. Is, this is okay. at the same table. Do I need to explain Jesus? No, you don't need to explain it. But Snoop and Jesus at okay. the same table. The I, reason I got Snoop in there is because one of I think I don't know if it was you and I who had this conversation, but a, a quote that I really like is Jim Valvano's quote at the ESPYS. He yeah. said, "He said if you can laugh, you can cry, and you can think. That's a full it was day. a yeah." And so Snoop, first off, has done a lot of different things. In his yeah, life. he's explored a lot of avenues, and yes, he has a certain connotation associated with him. But like, if you like take a step back and realize, like, he has his own like youth football league for like impoverished children. Like, he's been in like. All kinds of I didn't know like that. media. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And yeah. he's funny as hell. He is funny. So I feel like if anything, he could just break the ice. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, like I got like some enlightened thinkers at the table. I got some people who are going to make me laugh and Snoop Dogg. And, you know, like I'm sure somebody will make me cry. Probably yeah. Jesus. But yeah, know, that's a that's a full day of thinking at a dinner table. I like that approach because that makes mine seem kind of shitty. Well, the thing is, I've always had my top three ready. Right, and it's Michael Jordan, Cristiano Ronaldo, and George Washington. That is very much a high school or like sports fanatic. Okay, all right, but let me tell you why. Michael Jordan, we've we've talked about him enough. No, I, I thought about putting him up there for sure. He's. I just didn't want to have an athlete. It's the mentality, right? Yeah, that is true. It's the mentality. But you know what's going to happen when you get to that dinner table and you sit with Michael Jordan? He's going to tell you to go yeah. kick rocks. Yeah, he will. Well, that's what I'm saying. Let's not consider the, like let's consider everyone's gonna have a nice conversation. Cristiano Ronaldo, I don't. You don't watch soccer like that, do you? Not, not really. I mean, I know about him. You, yeah, everyone knows Cristiano Ronaldo. But so Ronaldo grew up, and he was very poor. He grew up in in uh, the like the west coast of, of Portugal. And one thing I respect the hell out of him for is that even today, like wherever you see Ronaldo, you see his mom. Like, think about famous athletes. Do you know what their moms look like? I can tell you about Alan Iverson and LeBron James's mom. But that's only because yeah, they're they're goaded moms. Yeah, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant. Oh mom yeah, as well. she goes out there with the goaded moms. But like, when we're talking about someone who plugs his mom everywhere, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. And I respect that. Like I, I bringing that. bringing her to award ceremonies, which obviously all all people do. But like, I'm talking about like to like famous like galas, like famous like. You know, super like hey, banquets or balls. Ban- exactly. He really is like the epitome of like you know respecting, like honoring your parents and stuff like that. And I respect the hell out of that because he still, he people people think he's arrogant, which people think Michael Jordan's arrogant as but well. Also, right? he's earned the right to be arrogant. He has, but he's not like he's arrogant on the on on the field. You know, he's what I mean? earned that. He's earned that. But off the field, everything he if you read. Like, I, if you read his, like, tweets or look at his Instagram or listen to his interviews, it's all about the team. Everything is, the team enabled me to do this, team enabled me to do that. It's not like Michael or LeBron James watching something and saying, that right there made me the greatest player of all time. No. 
Same thing with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is known to be arrogant, but if you ask Michael Jordan who the greatest player of all time is, never once has he ever said he is. It's himself. He's always given props. He said, I don't think that's fair to, you know, like, he's like, I don't think it's fair to, like, look like that. We got to consider, like, everyone else. And he never says, oh, that was me. But obviously people are like LeBron are shameless, and they say themselves. But Cristiano Ronaldo and, and Michael Jordan share that that mentality. Like, to be the best, like, it's just this thought process. Like, how can I be the best? Like, just it's 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 difficult to explain. They're always striving to be the best. And if you can employ that in your average, like, you know, day's work, then possibilities are endless. That's how I feel like. Okay. You got me sold. That, that's You got me sold. Yeah. So, Ronaldo's up there. Um, George Washington. Is he four or did you already, was he one of your initial three? He was, he was three. Wow. I had him on there as well, but then... Here's here's what I thought is yeah I know you talk about like don't like think about like language barriers and stuff but like yeah the world is, was so much different when George Washington was in charge. Well, I know where you're going with this, or at least I think I do. Like, there's like what what is George what do you like what are you gonna learn from him besides something like maybe leadership? But yeah. even then, like, there's leaders who like yes, George Washington is yeah. an icon, but okay, it's just such a different world. I'll tell you, foresight. I don't think that there has been many people like George Washington's in terms of knowing the future like that. Like I have immense respect for people who know the future like that because that's more power. You know how they talk about there's book smart and street smart. Yeah, they're both. There's well, he was both definitely, but there's the highest echelon of street smart is foresight in my opinion. You can get to the point where you're so street smart that you just understand people, and when you understand people, you understand what's going to happen. That's the only reason we study history, right? Is that history tends to repeat itself because people are people. So George Washington, in his farewell address, named so many things that went wrong with this country that he warned against. Talking about, I mean, this is... Political without, parties. Yeah, political parties. Especially a two-party system. Again, I don't want to get political. I don't want to get political. Yeah. So um, isolationism for, for some time was... You know, kind of his idea that we should be concerned with our internal affairs because we're a new nation and and not worry about interfering in other other nations' affairs. And like I said, I don't want to get political, but America's had some problems with interfering in, in other people's affairs, right? For sure. So that's the most I'll say on it. But, and the biggest thing is knowing that if he, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, there was this documentary or like, not really a documentary, but it was like one of the, you know those historical like, re, like those historical like documentary kind of things that are like are actors playing like yeah. people in the past, but yes. it's based off a of real event. Like, like, like on the History Channel. Yeah, yeah. So it was a H. I think it was on HBO. Those are it was John Adams, and it was uh, this dude playing. Oh, just not to cut you off, but the Men Who Built America is a go. Phenomenal, series. phenomenal. It's just like that. Yeah. So. I was watching the John Adams thing. Like I said, I think it's on HBO. I could be wrong. And it, the guy who was playing John Adams was Paul Giamatti, I think. Who's I, I don't know if you know who that is, but he he usually plays like if you see if you see I might a picture recognize of him, him, but I don't know the name. Yeah, if you see a picture of him, then you'll know who I'm talking about. I could be getting his name wrong too. I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know why I'm tripping right now, but he's usually playing like a comedic role, and he plays John Adams so well. And there's a scene in it. This is really what stuck out to me where they're talking about the new names of um, the president, right? 
So they're like, well, what what would you like to be called, Mr. President, in like legal documents? Like, do you want to be called His Excellency or like His Majesty? Sounds a lot like what? Sounds a lot yeah, like Great Britain. what they're calling King George, yeah. right? Over and he said, across the pond, Mr. President. That's it, Mr. President. Because how would you refer to someone back in in that time? John Adams is Mr. Adams, even today. I'm not I'm not gonna call you His Majesty. If you're my boss, I'm not calling you His Majesty. If you're someone older than me, I'm not calling you His Excellence. I'm calling you Mr. Strasser, right? Yes, sir. So that's that's the thing. Well, Mr. Strasser is your father. Yeah, I will say, yeah. there's only one Mr. Strasser, <laughs> yeah. is not me. Shout out Mr. Strasser. But that's the thing. If you, just having that ability to be, to see the the world of power in front of you and saying no, because you're paying it forward. That is ultimate discipline. That is something I want to learn. All three of these people have ultimate discipline. And we talked about how important discipline is, right? Michael Jordan, pinnacle of discipline. Cristiano Ronaldo, in his first meal with with Manchester United, he was offered dessert, right, when he signed with them. And he said, no, I can't. And half the team didn't eat dessert either because they saw, you know, leads by example, and he's disciplined. There's a reason that he's playing at one of the best, like he's still one of the best players in the world at the age of 37. Because running that much takes a toll on you. And he's built, too. He's not like look at him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Diced. He's diced. and, And he's not like, he's not small. Oh, no. No. And you you think he would be because of the amount of running he does. So he's disciplined. George Washington saying, you know, setting the precedent that after two terms, the president shouldn't, you know, two terms is the Walk max. Walk away. Wow. Discipline. U- unanimous, unanimously elected and disciplined. And we know how important that is. That's how we started off the podcast. The other two... And I'll take into account the fact that you said that, you know, there's different eras gonna, um, you know, well, kind not of too much. Just give me, give me, no, just give me the OG top five you had, unless you were just thinking it off. I head. didn't. I don't have a oh, top okay. five. It was top three, but I'll go off the dome for these last two. I think that, um, I like John F. Kennedy a lot, but I don't think I could put him up there. I don't want to pick another political like world leader or something. But I don't know. You also said you don't want me to pick an athlete. No, I don't know. Pick who you want to pick. I just thought it was curious. That's I love Drake. Drake is, that's, that's, you know I you love Drake. Drake. Everyone you, loves Drake. you got to put Drake up there. Now, there's so many things that Drake gets made fun of for, which maybe it's, you know, valid. Maybe it's not. Maybe but he, he also, deserves it. He has the luxury to get made fun of and not care. He doesn't care. Like, I wish I had that luxury. That's something you can learn if you had a dinner with him. <laughs> that's, see, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe if he gave me like a $5 million, I'd have that luxury. You never know. If Maybe if he likes dinner enough, like good enough. So, Drake. I don't know who this last person is. You know what? We'll stick with music. And he, so, I don't know if you knew this, but Drake was my number, well, you you knew this. Drake was my number one artist on Spotify, and I was in the top 0.05% of listeners. Let him know. Let, Let him know. I put work in. I put work in. Let me tell you. So, Drake and my number two. Can you guess who my number two is? Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra it is. And that is how you know we're boys. It is Frank Sinatra. That's how you know. It is Frank Sinatra. That's crazy. I can't believe you remember that. But yeah, that's my top five. That's that's a solid top five for sure. All right. I think we've spent enough time talking about that. Let's let's move on to the next hypothetical question. And I like this one a lot. And there's we have multiple, but I think 
I don't know. If you could if you could learn the truth about any mystery or conspiracy, what would it be? And I don't have an answer for this yet, so I want to hear your answer. I have we an might answer, and this is inspired by something that Jared said to me earlier today, so I guess you get a shout-out, Jared. Shout-out, Jared. <laughs> the answer to my question is I would love to know where Blackbeard's treasure is buried. Okay. Edward Edward Teach. That's the only thing I really remember about Batman. Yeah. Or Blackbeard, not Batman. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Actually, no, scratch that. I want to know what happened to the, the the Oak Island colony, the one that just disappeared, and they don't know what happened you mean, to it. Wait, you mean the – the because there's two. There's there's Oak Island in Canada, and there's no, Roanoke. The one, oh, Roanoke. The Roanoke, one okay, yeah. Because I've watched a couple of history shows on that, and they just disappeared. Have you watched BuzzFeed Unsolved? Uh, I don't think so. You should watch it. It's crazy because they just covered the, – they have an episode on this too. This is all they do. It's kind of like a podcast as well. I don't know if it's, it's just like two dudes talking. So, sounds yeah, like our, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sounds like our cup of tea, but I don't know if, I mean, I think you'd like it a lot. I really like them over quarantine. Um, me, like, even though everyone lived in the same neighborhood, all the guys would get on zoom and we'd just watch. <laughs> that's so valid. Like we just like me and Rohan used to watch share our screens and watch, uh, I remember one thing. Shout out Rohan if you're listening to this. <laughs> I remember. I, I remember one thing. The John Benet Ramsey. Uh, I know that name, but I don't remember. Mystery. From she where. was a pageant girl who was killed, and they they could not figure it out, figure it out. Oh, she I was famous, like she yeah. was, and she was killed. Rohan and I think it's the brother, for multiple reasons. But it's it's insane if you watch it. Like it's actually crazy to think about that a murder like that could happen. With all the tech, like all the stuff we have today, this was in the '80s, I think, but it's crazy that that happened. Then, and there's also another crazy story called about the Watcher, and I'll tell it really quick. What, what was that? Your answer, Roanoke Island? Yeah, I guess that'll be okay. My well, without going into too much detail, I'm, I'm going to talk about this the Watcher thing. There's this neighborhood, and I think it's New Jersey, and it's this house, and basically, like whoever moves into this house gets a letter, and and the letter basically says like, hey, like we're we are the watchers right like our family has been watching your family like this house for the last hundred years and like they'll like write them letters and it will be like this is a real story they'll write them letters and they'll be like talking like we you know how like obviously some people have like nicknames at home like that yeah. only your parents yeah. would know yeah or only someone who's very close to the family or like ha- like yeah. listens like, would know like college roommates yeah yeah y- they would like write out like oh like let's say Johnny's nickname was like John John right they would say John John needs to be careful near the upper story window when he's playing with his doll Mister like Wubsy or whatever the hell it's called right like stuff that you would have to be listening in or you'd have to have like like bug the house and listen to or you'd have to be like and they've checked for bugs they've checked what for did they have they checked for bugs yeah they have. And they've checked for all that stuff. It's it's ridiculous. That's I would if you're not doing anything tonight, or if, if anyone I don't know if something you want to watch at night. Buzzfeed Unsolved. They have multiple seasons, and The Watcher is really good, and the John Benet Ramsey. But yeah. I think that since I gotta check out this Watcher thing. This sounds interesting. I think I think John Benet Ramsey's the murder mystery behind that would be my answer. Okay, well, before we go into the next, let me ask you a question. Yeah, who do you think shot JFK? Wow. Do I? Th- do you? Okay. Who actually, do I think let me, shot or who I think me, got it? Let me. Let me. Do you think there was one gunman? 
so I haven't, I have not, I have not, I'm, I mean, I'm not a ballistics expert and I'm also not like super well read in the conspiracies on this, but I know that there's two th- and Buzzfeed on soft has a video on this as well. But I know for a fact that Lee Harvey Oswald was the guy who killed him. Right. Or was that the that was Lincoln? No, no. Lincoln was John Wilkes. Yes, you're right. I was going to say that, but then they both stupid, have three right? names. We're going to cut this there, out. We're cutting there, this out. Okay. I didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> There, there's actually a crazy conspiracy about Lincoln and Kennedy. No, no, but I want to go back to Kennedy, though. Okay. Kennedy. I think J. Edgar Hoover had it done, who, who was the, the head of the FBI So you think the you think there was there was motive behind it? I think it, it was an inside job. killing, really. No. I, it has to be because, look, here's my... Um, yeah, let's So I was watching something, like, my dad, like, loves JFK, and then he, like, slapped me when I told him that, and I thought that there was, like, a conspiracy behind first, this. First Catholic president. Yeah, he, he, think, he considers him a saint. Great man. Anyways, um... If you if you like after the fact when Lee Harvey Oswald was getting transported to like taken to like get indicted or it was so for some like he's becoming like getting questioned yeah. for the killing Jack Ruby who is a local nightclub owner just so happened to know when and where they were transporting him mm-hmm. and just so, and just walks into him point blank in the gut yeah un, unchecked yeah that sounds a little if you could tell me who Oswald was probably the nation's most infamous criminal at the time. Yeah. Then you're telling me some random nightclub ma- manager can just walk in unchecked and shoot him? That you don't have any kind of security like checks or stops in place for that? Well, Sounds this was a little fishy. I know, she, I know, but this was 1960. But no, I agree. I mean, you don't think there's like I get like you got to have it was a lot more of relaxed security, back yeah. then. Yeah. But like this man just shot the president. Yeah. You don't think that you want like make sure you ask him all the necessary questions. You don't want him alive. Yeah, that's fair. And also, I know you're not a ballistics expert, but I'm, I'm sure you've watched, the, was it the rudimentary film or whatever? You know what I'm talking about? No. It's a video of him getting shot. I have never watched you've it. You've never watched God, it? No. Oh, I've watched it. Okay, so. Jesus Christ. All right, for all these history about that, they're probably going to tear me apart. But b- the gist of what I'm about to say is, from from where the bullet was supposed to have been fired from, his head tilts in the complete opposite direction. And as a numbers man, and as a physics man, yeah, you can't dispute the fact that like velocity force like when if i shoot you from like this direction your head's going to go one direction there's okay. no like and if or buts about it like, yeah that's how it works yeah and his head went the complete opposite direction and that's on film so you're saying that there's another shooter what okay okay i have never seen and the film. and also i don't know if i want to see the if, film but i'll take your word for it's it it's not it's not super gruesome and also when you watch this if you watch the film and there's also uh, interviews that state this is when the shot was fired, everyone looked to the place where Oswald wasn't. They looked to the like that grassy knoll where there up like where the second shooter could have been. Yeah, they didn't look to where like this that where Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, took the shot from. They looked somewhere else. That's interesting. Did he? Can you see that in the film as well? You can. I'm surprised you haven't really you haven't watched. I've never as watched someone it. who's like intelligent and like. Knows a lot of history as you do. I'm surprised this hasn't been like. And I'm, did Powell Williams ever talk about this to you? Powell did not. Really? Shout out Powell Williams. Yeah, shout though. out Powell Williams. Goat. I he did not talk about it. No, yeah, that's crazy. Um, no, he's he never spoke about. He we never talked about that stuff, or then at least not this conspiracy. Have you ever have any questions about conspiracies? Look up Powell Williams. Yeah, he has all your answers. He will find your answers for you. So let, let's switch gears a little bit. Well, there's there's another hypothetical question. I don't know if we want to get into it, though. 
What's that? If you could li- live in another historical time period, what would it be? Oh, my answer is pretty quick. Um, definitely like, I don't know the exact time period, but like the twenties. It's just a simpler time. Yeah. I mean, you could buy a hot dog, a Coke. Yeah. For fifteen cents. Yeah. Everyone was happy. You Fair. worked very simplistic except, life, except during the Great Depression. Except during the Great Depression. <laughs> so like, <laughs> there's that. So so the Roaring Twenties, but like but the early twenties. If if you if you like majority of people who are like yeah. 80, 80 plus. They're all happy, like they, you know, what I'm saying, like they, like they lived good, fulfilling lives. Yeah, like they don't have any complaints. They didn't have to grow up in a, like in an age where like everything you did instead of was tracked and like you could yeah liable to be canceled at any time. That's but true. But they also had enough health like advancements and like a good enough life where like you weren't living in like huts. That's fair. Because I my initial reaction would have been like to be a Viking. Yeah, because that'd be sick. I could see you as a Viking. I appreciate that. I could see that's the thing. I I don't want. My answer, it doesn't take that into account. I don't like that the thought that I'd have to. It would be I would be born in that time. I wouldn't have like a. You wouldn't like live through the time. Well, no, I would, but like it would be like, I did, I wouldn't know that we have all this. You stuff wouldn't we know have any today. different. Yeah, I wouldn't know that. Okay, iPhones are a thing. If that's the case, then I'm definitely gonna be a Viking. Basketball is that you're gonna be Viking then? Yeah, I mean, because you're like your one purpose is to die in the glory of battle. And all you, you literally, you like Vikings are the essence of life. Like they fight, they drink, they eat, they hump. Wow. I like guess. They're free spirits. I guess, yeah. They, and they don't like, they don't conform to anyone. Like they are very yeah. like. No, I mean, I guess so. I don't know if I could be fucking. I think we, we, we want different things <laughs> out of life. I think we do. I would, I would probably want to live, well, I I just I'm I have so much admiration for the time of like ancient Rome, like being a senator during like Roman times would be amazing, oh. right? And I think what about being a pharaoh, because then you're you're literally a god. Yeah, god you men. are a, you are a god amongst men. But I don't I don't like Egypt's so hot. I mean, it's just not as like you know the climate of Rome was it hot? I don't know. It was. It, 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 I feel like it would have to be. It hot. was looking that they were like was it togas togas. Well, they, it's more. You don't north. wear that in the cold. That's true. It's but it's still more like Egypt's on the equator, essentially. No, yeah, Egypt's definitely pretty damn close. Blistering, huh? Yeah, I, but I feel like Rome's that much it's cooler. A, it's a. I feel like everything's in the desert. Like your one kind of oasis is is any like banks like the banks of the Nile, like and everything else is desert. Whereas in in Rome, you go like Rome is a coastal city for the most like, and then there's the Tiber River that runs through it. Um. But more so the architecture. And also, people don't realize, like, this is something that uh, I'll bring it up really quickly. My mom used to always be like, "Why don't, I wonder why they don't teach you, like, Indian history in, in, in elementary school or middle school. Like, why do you only, only learn Roman and Greek stuff? And it's because there's such a fundamental basis of Roman and Greek, like, beliefs in our, in our culture that, like, our architectures derived from Rome, Roman Greece, exactly. Governmental style, a lot free, free word basis like word roots. Exactly, Latin and, and Greek roots are at the basis of everything. The life really changed during the golden age of Rome, and it, it kind of set forth the path for everything else. And I, I, I really lo- I love architecture. That or the Renaissance. I'll say this because I love Renaissance architecture. It's a little bit more advanced, and then you have people like. 
like that time between maybe in the 1500s, 1600s, like the time where you have like the latter half of maybe, I think Da Vinci died in in the late 1400s, maybe the early 1500s. But like where you have like Michelangelo and these people, but you also start to get to the time of like Newton. Maybe if I could live for 200 years, that'd be great. But like scientific enlightenment, you know. Yeah, wouldn't it be great? Isaac Newton. That's one of the people I want at my dinner. Wow, I can't believe I didn't say that. <laughs> people don't know how much Isaac Newton did. They Just, only think of him for the apple in the head, to, which is really a shame for him. He invented calculus, essentially. And to think of... Dude was Albert Einstein before Albert Einstein existed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To think of just just the sheer thought, because I'm a math major, to think of the amount of stuff that Albert Einstein, or Isaac Newton was responsible for, ridiculous. He He <laughs> is like, he is the bill, Russell, before, but like, all right, where are you going with this? He, he, he's, he is the Bill Russell of math, but also the MJ and also LeBron and everything else. He just said he's a goat of STEM. He is the goat of STEM. All right, let's let's switch here. Well, I guess we, we kind of were talking about dinner, so food. Oh, man. This, <laughs> this is something, and so, well, since you're already saying that, we're going to start off with this question. Now, I've been asked this question before, and... Do you, you you know Hawthorne's right in Charlotte? Yeah, pizza place. I love that place. They have underrated. Of course you do. They <laughs> they have a large they have a large pizza deal where it's like if you and one friend can finish this entire pizza, like I think it's a twenty four inch pizza, in less than an hour, you get a fifty dollar gift card. Wait, do they really? Something like I've that. I've never heard about this. I mean, I believe you, but this it, needs to be done. If Jared Papke is listening to this, Jared and I went to lunch one day, and or maybe dinner and. We were told about that, and he was asking me, who do you think you would ring? And at the time, I didn't know, but now my answer would be you. I appreciate it. If that. I had to bring one person to finish a meal challenge with, it would be Saul Strasser. Now, who's your answer? My answer depends on outside factors. Okay. Because there are things that can be done to enhance a person's appetite. Um, Off-rip... If I just had to call somebody up to finish a food challenge, it would be Luke Edwards. I've gone, I've, I've done some meals with Luke Edwards, who's a friend of Derek. Really? And this kid can slam some food, like no other man. Yeah. I mean, he can he can put it down. What? And it shows, big kid. <laughs> wow. So and you know you got to have a stomach if you're gonna go into a food challenge. Shout out Luke. Shout out Luke Edwards. Well, here's the thing. I don't know. I don't know what what the biggest meal I've ever eaten, but what is like what is the most insane amount of food you've eaten in one sitting? It's definitely um there's this place called Mr. Tokyo, for those of you who don't know, it's oh, God. there's a couple places in Charlotte and there's one here in Chapel Hill and they have this lunch like deal. It's like yeah. fifteen dollars all you can eat, like sushi, hibachi and a couple other like appetizers and stuff. And um so like I usually like I, I love going there, my favorite restaurant just yeah. because like I mean, all you can eat food. What like what can go wrong? Yeah. Um. And so I guess one time I went in with sole purpose of trying to see how much food I. Can Who did eat. you go with? Uh, Griffin Doherty and Wayne Dixie. Shout out! Shout out! Shout out, shout out, shout out Wayne Dixie! Shout out Wayne Dixie! You know what you did? Congrats! Shout out Wayne Dixie! Yeah, you know what you did. Um, and so we went there one time for lunch, and uh, 
I think I started with like a edamame bowl of edamame with like kind of warm up the palate. And oh my god! And then I ate seventy two pieces of sushi after that. Which, for those of you who don't like, that's twelve orders, that, right? Or nine orders? That's is it eight? Is it eight? eight. Or, okay, it's that's eight. nine orders. Yeah, it's nine orders. And there's also there's sauce and there's like there's like fried meat in them. That's well, it. it's a lot. It's a lot of food. What what role did you get? Because I get vegetarian rolls, right? Oh, I got so I got I got two different kinds of rolls. I got the mystery roll, which is basically like. It's your you got your rice and whatever, and then it's it's a. Uh, it's a mystery. It's mis- It actually is a mystery. But it's like it's like uh, tempura shrimp, and then there's like with a little f- slab of fish on top, and then there's like the sauce, like house sauce. I'll yeah. It is, but it's good. Um, I would compare it to yakima sauce for those of you that know what that is, and then I got an angel hair roll, which is basically the same thing, but it has cucumber on top, like shredded cucumber, which is a nice little like freshness. Yeah. That like yeah, because you you can't eat all fried food. You when need you're that to eat that. Ma- that much sushi. Seventy two rolls. Seventy two rolls, and wow. also and edamame. Yeah, or to uh, now, quote, warm up the palate. Yes, to warm up the palate. Now I will say I have done one eating challenge in my life, and it was the Banditos eating. Challenge I remember here. that. Now this this is a this is a Denise Strasser goat story right here. And Jared, you're a hater for this because he refused to go eat there because of the story. And you had the sh- you got the shirt. Yeah, I have the shirt. So they have a deal where. You, they have like a five pound burrito. Yeah. Now, for those of you who don't understand, five pounds in a burrito is a lot. That is a lot. And that's not counting all the stuff they put on top of it, like the sour cream. Yeah, yeah. They put like they had all the meats on. Well, this think thing. about being five pounds heavier after a meal. Yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot. So they have this meal, and so Jesus it was for my birthday freshman year, and I was like, all right, I want to, I want to do this for my birthday freshman year. My mom came up, she's like, what do you want to eat? I'm like, I want to do this deal or this, uh, yeah. this like meal challenge. Like, I, I hate to cut you up, but just one thing, I I could be thinking about this completely wrong. I was seven and a half pounds at birth. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you have a whole ass you're almost kid on eating you. a baby. <laughs> you get you're pregnant at that yeah. point. So, wow. Sorry, continue. So they bring out the thing, and it's like right away, I'm a little intimidated. This yeah. thing is massive. It's got and it's got every single like. How big is the plate? I mean, I don't even. Just show me with your hands, and I'll try to gauge it. That's a big plate. <laughs> yeah. I can't even. That's like eighteen inches. And like the burrito took up the entire. Plate. Yeah, it wasn't I can like only it imagine. was burrito yeah, yeah, yeah. and then plate. It was everything, and so I start going to work. I mean, what else can you do? Just go to work, and I probably I crush half of it. Like no, no, like no issue. And Jared's sitting there eating his like two tacos, like looking at me like a like like a deer in headlights, basically. Yeah. Like, a, yeah. So and then my mom's there too. We're just kind of like talking. I'm like doing work. And then the last fourth, I'm like, I'm in full meat sweats. Like it's, it's, it's tough. And at this point I was like, all right, like my strategy is I'm just going to shove this in my throat and just try to get it down. Like, I'm just going to try to put as much food as possible in there. And so I get it. I, so like, wow, there's like, there's like maybe an eighth of this real left. Like yeah. just barely enough to get everything off the plate and put mm-hmm. my mouth. I stuff and I stuff and I start eating it. And I'm just like, I knew I made a mistake. And so barfed all over the plate like everything came up at the restaurant at the restaurant Jeez. and then my mom had gotten a to-go box for her food and without thinking this is the love of a mother without thinking shout out takes, mrs strasser she takes the plate full of throw up pours in the to-go box wow closes it and sets it aside and the guy comes back and is like have you completed the burrito and i'm like i don't just those of you saying i didn't do it i got all of it in my mouth like i, I tried my best to yeah. digest it and you know what? Maybe I didn't eat one or two bites, but you're a hater because you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. And he's like, he's like, yeah. And then Jared's over there, like, about to throw up himself because he's soft. 
But yeah, Soft. I mean, she just no questions asked. Just took that plate, disposed of it. Here I am. Wow. I hate, I hate the, I mean, I hate to hate on Jared more than we already have, but that's soft, Jared. <laughs> that, if you're yeah, because then, because we, like, when the following, we asked to go back, like, we've, like, multiple years, we've been like, oh, let's go yeah. to Mandita. She's like, I can never go back again. Like, that was the grossest thing I've ever yeah. seen. And I'm like, first off, don't You're ever, the one who, yeah. Don't ever hit on my mom like that. Yeah. Ever, first off, that, yeah. those are fighting words. Yeah. But you're just not real. Like, you're not real. That, you're not real. Wow. So, yeah, that's the actual, the only actual food challenge I've done. Damn, that's insane. I don't think I've ever I'm trying to think about the most I've ever eaten. It was probably it was probably some sort of pizza where I ate the whole thing. Yeah, but, but to say, well, the the your one story you told me about the multiple pizzas in the day is that's a lot of food. Yeah, so well, I mean, it was not the thing yeah, is not I was still hungry after that. That's it's crazy. It was two sittings. And that says something. I ordered I ordered a handmade pan pizza from Domino's. Shout out Domino's. That's God S tier. Okay, fine. We'll shout out Domino's. Domino's is not S tier, but that handmade pan is S tier. We're gonna get to this. And crunchy thin crust. Shout out Jake Hawkins. Shout out Jake Hawkins. Crunchy <laughs> thin crust. I ate half of the handmade pan, half the thin crust in one sitting, and then for dinner I ate the other half, and I was still hungry. I think I went to cook out after that. Um, wow. that was that was an, just unassuming. So that's a good segue into a tier list thing. This is our last kind of thing because we're we're, running low, we're running low. But pizza tier list. And I'm going to give you three three options, and I'm going to let you pick two more options. Okay. A Neapolitan pizza, so like a true Italian margarita pizza. We're talking like San Marzano tomatoes, you know, the real mozzarella, like, Buffalo milk, mozzarella. The gabagool. The, like gab- the, the gabagool. A Chicago deep dish. Not this, like, you know, bullshit deep dish that you get from Papa Pizza John's, Hut. Pizza Hut. No. A Chicago deep dish and a New York-style pizza. A real New York classic. And I'll throw two more in there. I don't know if you're familiar with, like, a New Haven style or maybe, like, a coal-fired pizza. Yeah. And, um... I guess just an American pizza, like a Domino's, Pizza Hut, Papa John's. Give me your tier list. All right. Well, here's a question. Is that the first pizza, is that from Italy? Like, am I going to Italy for yes. pizza? Because that, yes. Then that's got to be one. Because I went, S-tier. my family recently went to a, not recently, like this was like three years ago, went to a Rome. Yeah. And the food there is, it makes you never want to eat American style food. Again. I agree. 100% it is agree. ridiculous. Going good. to your, I'm going to uh, Italy this summer again before I start working. I 100% agree. Oh, yeah. Great food. So then that's that's one. Two is definitely... Oh, I guess what we're doing tiers, that's S tier. Yeah. I got to put Chicago Deep Dish up in S tier S tier. It's S tier. Like, it's... I 100% agree. And then... Um, New York style. New York style is right below it. A tier. Definitely A tier. And then American pizza? Yeah. C tier. C tier. Fair. It's garbage. It's and that coal-fired pizza. Is, I mean, yeah. I, I haven't had it enough to really have a strong opinion, so I'll put it like B tier maybe. Shout out John's on Bleecker Street in New York City. That is S tier pizza, <laughs> I'm telling you. Or Shout Sally's pizza. Sally's a pizza in in New Haven, Connecticut. S tier. Isn't that? Haven't they done the? Uh, That's well, a nine four. Yeah, by but Dave. This, haven't Dave, hasn't Dave done that? Dave yeah. has had a nine four. All right, last question, and I just rip it. Top three Drake songs. Let's hear it. Oh my gosh, um, Marvin the Troop number one, just because it's so versatile. Yeah. Um, start from the bottom. Okay. And energy. Classic. No, I'm so sorry. Classics. I'm so sorry. Okay. Jungle's got to be two. 
Wow. And then, and then Energy's three. All right. I'm going to go bottom up. And you know I listen to a lot of Drake. Yeah, we'll say this opinion coming up, ladies and gentlemen, is Number three. Opinion. First of all, Views is the greatest Drake album of all time. Number three, Redemption. Wow. Let me tell you, there's some quotes from that. And it's going to be one of the quote of the days. Number two, <laughs> Teenage Fever. And, and don't hate on me because these are all sad songs and they're all like, if you know me, I have a lot of energy, and sometimes I just need to listen to music that will. And there's nothing wrong with relax that. me. There's nothing wrong with there that. There is nothing wrong with that. I have a playlist called Heart Rate, and has some bangers on it. Songs like Gravity, and obviously the number one, which is Jungle. And if no one's heard it, I'm gonna have to play it right now, real quick. So this is our outro, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you. Thank you for listening to our first. Thank podcast. Thank you so much for listening to our first podcast. Hey, I've had a great time with you on this shish. I did not think that we were gonna take up this much time, but somehow we did. Have a great day, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, guys. Can't change it, a reason you love me. Listen, you can hear them calling my name. I'm all over the place, I can't sit in one place. I'm not ashamed at all. Still finding myself, let alone a soulmate. I'm just saying, feel like we one and the same. Our relationship changed, that already never existed. Whenever they say something about us, you listen. Fuck what they talking about on your timeline That's cutting all into my time with you Fuck what they talking about on your timeline That's cutting all into my time with you My time with you, my